Let us pray. Oh, gracious God, uh, we deeply believe and know what we just talked about with the kids is true. Uh, that you do know what's best for us. Um, and that it is in you and your ways that we can find true freedom. So as we come to this time where we have a chance to stop for a minute and pay attention to you and your teachings for us, help us to slow our minds down enough and to settle into this time and space so we might really hear your word. Send your spirit uh, so that uh, you might do your work in us this day. Um, so that we might step more fully into freedom. So that we might step more fully into the life uh, you long for us to live. So that we might more fully follow after your son, Jesus Christ our Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen. So this morning we have two scriptures uh, that we're going to be hanging out with. The first from 1 Corinthians and then the second from the Gospel of Matthew. Let us listen to God's word for us this day. Uh, the first coming from 1 Corinthians is from uh, the message translation of scripture. Stay where you are when God called your name. Were you a slave? Slavery is no roadblock to obeying and believing. I don't mean you're stuck and can't leave. If you have a chance at freedom, go ahead and take it. I'm simply trying to point out that under your new master, you're going to experience a marvelous freedom you would never have dreamed of. On the other hand, if you were free when Christ called you, you'll experience a delightful enslavement to God you would never have dreamed of. All of you, slave and free both, were once held hostage in a sinful society. Then a huge sum was paid out for your ransom. So please don't, out of old habit, slip back into being or doing what everyone else tells you. Friends, stay where you were called to be. God is there. Hold the high ground with him at your side. And now um, from the Gospel of Matthew. Now when the other ten disciples heard about this, they became angry with the two brothers. But Jesus called them over and said, You know that those who rule the Gentiles show off their authority over them and their high-ranking officials order them around. But that's not the way it will be with you. Whoever wants to be great among you will be your servant. Whoever wants to be first among you will be your slave. Just as the human one didn't come to be served, but rather to serve and to give his life to liberate many people. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Amen. In order to hear the word God has for us today, we have to better understand the world into which God's word was first written. Slavery was a part of the reality of Roman society during Jesus' time. 
It's believed about 10 to 20% of the population in the empire of Rome were enslaved peoples. While many of the realities of slavery were similar to our own country's history of it, it was not tied to a particular racial ethnic population in the same way it was here in America. Yet history reveals that under Roman law, enslaved people had no personal rights and were regarded as the property of their masters. They could be bought, sold, and mistreated at will and were unable to own property, enter into a contract, or legally marry. The relationship between a master and a slave and the slave's place in society are used by both Paul and Jesus in our scriptures today as they both taught to, sought to teach the earliest followers of Jesus about the countercultural ways of Christ. What is clear about those earliest followers of Jesus is that some of them were slaves in Roman society and some of them were free. When Paul writes to the people of the church of Corinth, he makes sure to speak to the realities of both as he addresses the community. For those who are slaves, he speaks of a new master under whom they will experience a marvelous freedom unlike anything they would have ever dreamed of. For those who are free, he promises that they will experience a delightful enslavement to God. And that's a great combination of words, a delightful enslavement to God of which they too would have never dreamed. Whether they are free or slave, life lived in obedience to God, following after their Lord Jesus Christ, is a life beyond their greatest and wildest dreams. In Jesus' encounter with the disciples from the Gospel of Matthew, we get to see some of our dreams on full display. In the lead-up to our text this morning, we bear witness to some solid evidence that helicopter moms are not a recent cultural development, but have been around for at least two millennia. As the mother of the sons of Zebedee, James and John, two of Jesus' disciples, comes before Jesus with both of her sons in tow at her side and asks Jesus to declare that they will sit at Jesus' right and left hand when Jesus takes his throne in the kingdom. When we hear about this throne, our impulse is to immediately imagine it in heaven. But that is not what James and John's mama is thinking as she approaches Jesus, angling for her son's position. The disciples and those closest to Jesus still do not understand the path that he is walking. They still believe the end of the journey will be freedom from the Roman Empire and a new earthly kingdom established for God's people. Mama Zebedee is wanting to make sure her son's dreams are fulfilled, finding themselves in a position of authority as the right and left-hand men to the newly enthroned king. The rest of the disciples are equally concerned about such place and position because they are furious when they hear what Mama Zebedee and her sons with her have been up to. Jesus shakes his head as he so often does in response to this motley crew of oh-so-human followers and tries to show them the way once more. 
What are your dreams made of? In a world and culture where it can be so easy to confuse freedom with captivity, this exercise can be a helpful one. What are your dreams made of? When you think about your greatest and wildest dreams, what comes to mind? What do you find yourself thinking about, wishing for, living towards as you spend your days? The reality is that there is untold amounts of money spent every year in our overly commercialized society to try and shape those dreams of ours. It is so easy to fall captive to those messages that tell us our dreams need to be filled with these things, products, and services that we are promised will make us great, let us feel like we are on top, or at the bare minimum will at least distract us, make us feel better about our life while the world is on fire around us. There is so much time, energy, money spent trying to capture our attention and our dollars with our self-centered impulses. We think we are free to do what we want, to buy what we want, to have what we want, but is that really freedom? Or are we simply slaves to a master who is simply using us to get theirs. Paul warns those earliest followers of Jesus in Corinth, you were once held hostage by a system, a society that was sinful, meaning the way it worked was set up to be destructive for everyone that was a part of it. It was set up to take you away from the life you were meant to live. It was set up to be destructive to people's relationships with themselves, with one another, with creation, with God. You were held hostage by that destructive system. But Jesus came to set you free from that, to show you another way, to lead you from death to life. So Paul says, please, Please don't, out of old habit, slip back into being or doing what everyone else tells you. Instead, listen. Listen to this one that teaches us that we are not to seek our own greatness, that we are not to win authority over others and treat them terribly, that our lives are not meant to be focused on ourselves alone. For that life is a lonely, isolated, miserable kind of life. When we spend our days competing and striving and trying to get ours, we hurt the relationships that are this life's true treasure. Don't spend your days trying to be great, Jesus teaches us. Instead, spend your days seeking to serve. Give of yourself for others. Seek the good of all. Be willing to sacrifice something for someone else. Watch what happens when you do. See how people come together, 
how community is formed, how hope is cultivated, how love wins, how true freedom is found. Jesus tells the disciples that he didn't come to be served, but rather to serve. He says words to them they will not even begin to understand until they are standing in the shadow of the cross, until they are peering into the depths of an empty tomb. But he says them so that later they and us might hear their truth. I came to give my life in order to set so many people free. What are your dreams made of? We are living in the middle of a world that is on fire, both figuratively and literally. It can be hard to hold on to true hope when there are so many discouraging signs around us. It can be easy to give up on dreams about our world and instead focus on what feels more attainable, what is more in our control, what we can buy with a click of a button, what we can grab hold of with our two hands. Yet God's knows what is best for us. God knows which dreams will lead us toward lonely, isolated, captive lives that are so much smaller than they are meant to be. And which dreams draw us toward something bigger than ourselves, toward community, toward connection, toward love, toward hope, toward life. This past week, uh, Stu Irvay shared with me about a museum in Fort Scott, Kansas, the Lowell Milken Center for Unsung Heroes. Some of y'all need to organize a day trip, is my opinion, but I'm not in charge of that, so you figure it out, but you should, because it, it's just cool. It's an educational project which invites students to research and study the lives of ordinary people whose names we do not know, who have done heroic things in service to their communities in the midst of the raging fires of their own times. The educational nature of the project continues as those stories are told through the museum's exhibits and online archives, becoming a witness to what happens when our dreams are not centered on ourselves alone, but when we instead discover a greater purpose and are willing, like Christ before us, to give our lives in service to others. Their stories tell of extraordinary things. And yet, as you read them, it is clear that these people are no different than you or I. They are regular people who simply didn't spend their days chasing after their own greatness their own self-centered dreams, but instead sought to live their lives in service to a greater dream, one that you or I or any of them couldn't have come up with on our own, a dream that is greater and wilder than any of ours, a world where creation flourishes, for love has won and Hope is alive and every single person is delightfully enslaved to God. A God who has gifted us all, each of us, with a life that is marvelously free. It is that dream, that dream 
that is meant to be our dream. Amen. Amen.